Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Have We Met With Brett. This is the weekly podcast where I recommend all of my favorite new music releases to you in hopes that by the end of the episode, you will have met your new favorite song. We also have to spend a little bit of time talking about the Super Bowl halftime show, of course. I know that when Usher was announced as the Super Bowl halftime performer, there were a few people who kind of went, is he still around? Is he still making music? Is he still relevant, etc.?" And I think that the show proved that he is. He has a new album out this week as well, and we are going to talk about my favorite song from that. But before we get into all of that, I do want to just remind you, the best way to stay in touch with the podcast is to follow us on Instagram at HaveWeMetPod. There is a link in the bio there that will take you to the weekly playlist. So that's every song I play today in order for you. I highly recommend you check it out. I update it every week, and there's always songs on there that I don't have time to play on the podcast. So... If you like what I'm playing here, or if you need even more new music, that's where you need to go. If you're listening to an older episode, go to the Have We Met 2024 playlist overall. Every song is there in order. You'll just have to find the first one and then you'll be able to follow along as well. The 2024 playlist already has almost 150 songs on it, and every one of them has something that I think is a little bit special, most of them by an artist that you probably aren't familiar with. So I know that you know Beyonce put out two new songs this week, but there is a whole exciting world of music out there waiting for you, and I'm going to play some of it for you, okay? The other thing you can do if you go to our Instagram is there's a link in the bio for our Patreon and our PayPal. So if you are one of the about 50 people who listen to every episode, first of all, thank you. Hi, it's so nice to have sort of a regular following. I thank you for keeping up with the podcast, for reaching out about it. If you listen every week and you want to support financially, PayPal is an easy way to send us a little lump sum, but Patreon is a better way to subscribe. I think it's $5 a month and you get access to some bonus content. I have an interview coming up with one of the artists I'm going to play for us today, but you'll have to wait just a little bit longer to find out who that is. All right, now, I'm a very opinionated person, and I'm sure you are just dying to know what I thought of the Super Bowl halftime show. Now, I have a few thoughts. First of all, I like Usher. I, you know, had MTV in the early 2000s. I was listening to the radio a lot. So he was kind of unavoidable during that Confessions era, right? I mean, yeah, I think was number one for 12 weeks back in 2004. So I hear it, and I am immediately transported to high school dance, Or being out driving the tractor and having to listen to the radio because that was the only option back then. (laughs) What I will say is I think Usher is obviously a fabulous performer, you know, great dancer, lots of charisma, very, you know, obviously he's quite attractive and beautiful. Uh, I thought they tried to shoehorn in a few more songs than were really necessary. I found he would kind of do you know, the first two lines of the song and then the instrumental would take over and he'd kind of dance around a bit and then a new song would start. And it was like, for me, a little bit difficult to get the momentum going. I thought starting with Caught Up was really good. You know, those intro lyrics, you know, I'm the kind of brother that's been doing this for years, like that kind of thing. I thought that was a really nice setup. But I did think that they should have edited it in a way that maybe gave it a bit more drama and like drew a bit more attention to those lyrics kind of like what Jennifer Lopez did with Jenny from the Block when she did the Super Bowl she said from in living color to on the six to JLo to this (laughs) and I thought that was so cool it's like yes I've been in all these places and now here I am at the Super Bowl and Usher's caught up starts with those sorts of lyrics and so I understood why they chose to do it first but yeah I think that it could have been a little bit more dramatic off the top And then for me, being on the field with all the dancers kind of scattered around wearing different styles of outfits, 
it it was a little bit messy. I think if you're going to have all of the dancers in different outfits doing different choreography, you need them to have at least a backdrop that draws them all together. And while I liked that sort of, you know, 20s, great Gatsby, flapper style of costume, for me, it didn't really read on the football field. Like that's the last place you would see that typically. But overall, you got the sense that he was kind of going from the old school style to the very new school style, which was how it ended with the set on the roller skates. That for me was incredible. I thought we haven't really seen anything like that before. It was something brand new. It was something really ballsy and really daring. And they pulled it off incredibly, you know, thinking about getting him into that costume as quickly as they did and out of it as quickly as they did, let alone, you know, him having to make sure he doesn't fall over while all of that's happening. Well, what was it, 120 million people are watching? Like, that's insane, right? So I really love that. Uh, I kind of expected to see Alicia Keys. They got two great big songs together. Um, I, I feel bad. Like, everybody's <laughs> tweeting stuff like, Alicia can't find the keys, that kind of thing, because she, you know, the first note she sang, she kind of, cra- her voice cracked a little bit. Here's the thing. If she lip-synced, you wouldn't hear the end of it. Oh, she wasn't singing live. She sings live and, you know, like a person and a song that's 20 years old. Yeah, of course she's not going to sound the same she did, you know, 20 years ago when she sang it. That's fine. Who really cares, you know? I think that's one of the most frustrating things about being a pop fan is that people are just never satisfied no matter what, you know? They're never happy. She doesn't sing live, they're not happy. She sings live and she misses a note, they're not happy. You know, there's just, there's always something to complain about, right? Instead of just enjoying the artistry, enjoying the show. I also knew that when Usher was announced that we would get Ludacris and I was so excited. I was, I mean, in a perfect world, I would have like, maybe enjoyed a ludicrous like little section i think that would have been cool but i mean instead they shoehorned in i don't know some some songs by usher i swear i've never heard in my entire life and we didn't get you remind me we didn't get scream we didn't get without you like usher's got lots of great songs and i thought lots of songs that would really fill the stadium so yeah like i said the momentum in the first half i didn't really find got there but once they made it to the stage and they made it to the roller skating that's when it really took off and sort of came together for me did anyone else completely not recognize will i am because i didn't even realize that was him until the next day that was kind of strange to have him there and then not really have him do very much but i guess the black eyed peas have already had their super bowl moment so maybe he didn't need it I'm not sure where I would rank Usher's Super Bowl in with kind of the greats of all time. I saw one person comment that they thought it was number two behind only Michael Jackson. And I'm like, okay, let's not rewrite history here. Okay, like, as always, women do the absolute most. You know, Diana Ross can fly out of the stadium in a helicopter. Lady Gaga can parachute. Lady Gaga can bungee jump into the stadium. And Rihanna can literally hang from nothing suspended in the air above the stadium. And people just, oh, well, Usher was better. And it's like, absolutely not. I'm sorry. Rihanna's show last year was so tightly put together and executed and shot and structured. And I just thought the work that went into that, I mean, not saying, you know, obviously lots of work went into Usher's show too, but to completely just forget about the work that went into that one, I don't know. It, It rubs me the wrong way a little bit. We've had incredible halftime shows from Madonna, though I think you watch hers now and it does seem a little bit of its time. You know, you got LMFAO, you've got CeeLo Green. I think maybe she didn't really need to bring out those collaborators. Like, she's such a timeless artist and it feels like the people who were sharing the stage with her maybe could have been a bit more timeless too. 
I have exactly one more thought about the Usher halftime show before we talk about my favorite song from his new album. And that, of course, is that we can't talk about the Super Bowl halftime show without talking about Janet Jackson. Super Bowl Sunday has now become known as Janet Jackson Appreciation Day. And you watch clips of her halftime show, and it's incredible what she does. She is at the top of her game, looks amazing, sounds amazing, incredible choreography, and one random, you know, whether we want to say stunt or accident or whatever, you know, it's it's still a little bit unclear what really happened that day. But at the end of the day, it's a nipple. Usher showed us two nipples last night, and apparently that's just fine. You, you know, I'm not writing my strongly worded letter to the FCC right now because I saw a nipple on screen. I mean, I wasn't then either. I don't think there's anything wrong with seeing a bare chest, you know, like that is the least of our worries as a society and as a people. I don't understand how every single person in the world has a nipple and we can be so upset by seeing one that we need to completely destroy one of our most iconic and brilliant artists of all time. And so there is a small part of me that wishes Usher had maybe, I don't know, worn nipple pasties, you know, like that would have been such a funny nod to Janet and also a way to just kind of pay tribute to her. You know, I think it's it's just one more way that it sucks to be a woman in pop music, you know. People are already saying his show is better. People are letting him get away with things that women weren't able to get away with. It's 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 unfair, in my view. There's already a lot of people talking about who should do the halftime show next year. And one name that I keep seeing pop up is Miley Cyrus. I would live for that, personally. After her Grammy performance, I feel like she's got such star quality. People are really on her side now. She would be able to take us on such a journey through her musical legacy. And she would have some iconic guest stars. I just know it. You know what I'm going to say. In a perfect world, she'd be doing Party in the USA, and it would go, and the Britney song was on, and the Britney song was on. And Britney would show up, obviously, but that (laughs) might be reaching for the stars a little bit. So Usher used the Super Bowl to promote his brand new album. It is called Coming Home. And there are a few songs on it that I thought were okay as I listened through. It is a little bit more chill and uh, a little bit less dancey. And so, of course, the song that really stood out for me is called Keep On Dancing. Keep On Dancing was co-written and produced by the legendary Tricky Stewart, who is responsible for smash hits, Umbrella, Single Ladies, uh, Mariah's Touch My Body, Maya's Case of the X, a a million R&B classics. So maybe there's something about that that's really appealing to me. He was really big in sort of the mid-2000s, and so was Usher. And so the idea of coming home, that being the album title, I think that's what helps this song really stick the landing. Lyrically, it's a song about uh, maybe a relationship that could have ended, but that Usher wants to continue on. You know, the first lyric in it is, it's easy to break up, but it's to keep it going, that's the hard part. But he wants to keep on dancing. And I think it's a nice analogy, especially at this point in his career, right? To come back, show everyone he's still relevant, still got it, you know, could still perform. Maybe that's partially why I'm relating to it too. You know, I uh, was recording a video audition for a musical this week and it can be so difficult when you're alone in the studio, you watch the video back and you go, oh, like when I was dancing it, it felt one way, but when I was watching it, it felt another way. And like, you can easily get into this spiral of like, am I good enough? Uh, should I just quit? You know, whatever. It's, it's, it is easy to give up, but 
in my case, I was able to have my friend Becky come into the studio, help me record, get me moving, keep me motivated, all of that good stuff. And in the end, we, we keep on dancing. That's just what we do, right? So I hope you like this song as much as I do. I am happy to see Usher back. And in celebration of his Super Bowl halftime show, here is my favorite song from his new album. This is Usher, Keep On Dancing. You know, I actually think that song is exactly what I needed to hear today. I had a really strange weekend, actually. I So I used to teach spin classes, and I'm, not to toot my own horn here, but I'm a really strong spin teacher. I, I'm doing it for like eight years. I have like a master trainer instructing, you know, whatever behind my belt. I used to coach other instructors. I've taken spin classes at like 80 different studios. So I found out a spin studio was opening a location in my area. And I thought, you know, I haven't taught in a little while. I've been missing it. You know, maybe it's time to get back to it. So I went in and I auditioned and I felt like it all went really, really well and that we got along well. And, you know, they were just saying, oh, your energy was so great and whatever, all this stuff. And so, you know, I'm expecting good news. And yesterday they called me and they said they just felt like I, I don't know. It, you know, when sometimes you get kind of like the runaround or you feel like you're not getting the full story or they're, they're not really saying what they mean. It was, it was sort of like that. I was like, it's just really confusing to hear someone say, I think you could teach at any studio in the city and they would be lucky to have you, but we don't want to hire you here. <laughs> um, so anyway, I was feeling pretty emotional about that. And that Usher song just kind of made me think about that a little bit and you know it's it's really hard when you get knocked down especially when you put yourself out there auditioning is is never easy and you you never really pay your dues it seems it's there you always have to prove yourself again and again and again and it can be really exhausting and it can really negatively affect your self-worth you know what I mean and this is I'm not trying to like throw a little pity party or anything like that I'm just kind of telling you where I'm at and why that song is relating to me so much right now and I think for me, I talk about this a lot, you know, when songs have lyrics that I can relate to that are part of my story, you know, the soundtrack to my life, those are the songs that really stick with me. And so I think this song is going to remind me of this feeling and that, you know, you have to push forward, you have to move on, you have to be gentle with yourself. And, you know, it does feel good when you keep on dancing. And Usher isn't the only amazing dancer who has a new album out this week. One of my favorite pop entities, someone that we have talked about many, many times on the podcast already, even though we've only been doing this for, what, six months? We have to talk for a little bit about the Zara Larsson album, Venus. Now, this is one of my favorite album covers that I've seen in a long time. It's that Venus on a half shell, you know, emerging from, what is it called? The Birth of Venus? So it's a version of that, but a very modern take. She looks glamorous. She looks gorgeous. 
The song has writing features from MNEK. It was co-executive produced by Danger. Like, Zara Larson is doing a lot of things correctly right now. Now, I actually am going to play you two songs from her new album. One of them is my choice for Song of the Week, but I do think that her album is really strong and that she deserves a lot more attention than she's getting. There is one thing I will say about her album. I find her voice is so strong that she often will sing songs kind of the same way. She has a very full voice, and I would love to see her in an album setting play a little bit more with her vocal delivery, you know? And I think that is why the song that I've chosen as my song of the week is a more gentle, romantic sort of song, and she pulls her delivery back just a little bit, and it's a bit more intimate, and it all just works. And maybe it's because it's Valentine's Day this week. Maybe it's because I have a lot of love in my life. But there is something about this song that's been really touching my heartstrings this week. It is called Escape. In her track-by-track interview for Apple Music, Zara actually doesn't talk much about this song. In other songs, she's talking about the process, the writing, the collaboration, you know, that sort of thing. How those songs might translate to a live setting. But all she says about Escape is, it's a vibe. She says she lives her life horizontally. She loves a giant comfy bed. And sometimes that is the best escape. And you know what? (laughs) That is the most Taurus ass shit I've ever heard in my entire life. And that's probably why I like it. It has this really comforting quality to it. It's really melodic, but it does take you somewhere without you having to go anywhere at all. This is my pick for song of the week. My favorite song from the new Zara Larson album. This is Escape. Zara said while she was recording her last album, 2017's Poster Girl, that because she was following up such a successful era, she put a lot of pressure on herself to maybe record a certain kind of music or write a certain way, you know, kind of worrying about what people were going to think about it or how they were going to be received rather than was she really happy with the process and with the product. She said this time around, she had to let that go. She got a lot more confident in her own writing skills And I can really see that classic pop songwriting coming through on that song. When you have a full album to play, you need those songs that are, you know, like a little breath in between the big moments. And I think that's why listening through this album, Escape was the one that really stood out to me. It just, it sounds so natural and relaxed and pure. It just makes me happy. And uh, I hope it made you happy too. There is one other new song on the Zara Larson album, though, that I think is so good that you need to hear both of them. This is the second song on the new album. It's the first new song we hear after Can't Tame Her. And it is called More Than This Was. The number of times I was talking about this song with my friend Joel this weekend, and we could not remember the title of it for the life of us. We were like, or at least I couldn't. For some reason, that wording was a little clunky for me. But now that I've gotten to know the song a little bit better, it rolls off the tongue. More Than This Was. It's about looking back at a relationship and just thinking, you know, were you the one that got away? Could this have turned into something a bit more serious? It has, again, kind of a wistful sort of feeling and... I really like when Zara does that. Yes, she can be really sexy, full up pop star, really strong, but it's kind of nice when she shows that vulnerability and gives us like a 
a more thoughtful, introspective kind of moment. It's funny too, Joel was talking about the music theory of this song, you know, in terms of the notes and the way it builds. And he was saying that the pre-chorus is really, really satisfying to listen to. And now that I've gotten to know the song a little bit better, I have to agree. You can feel the tension sort of building and then it resolves. It's really nice. So that's the part I'm going to play for you right now. This is the other Zara Larson song I love this week. It is called More Than This Was. Mm, I love when the beat comes in too. And there's something about that, like, oh God, what's it called? You know, the two like wood blocks that you hit together, the, if they're just called wood blocks. Oh my God, I swear to God. Okay, I did some Googling and I got castanets, but I don't think that's right. There's kind of that like high pitch sort of like tapping sound in the background. It's rhythmic. I know it's percussion. If you know what those are called, <laughs> shoot me a message because I can't find it in a quick Google search. But there's something about the sort of moody electronic score with those percussive kind of wood instruments in the background it is giving me easy by dragonette which if you know me well you would know is maybe my favorite song of all time um and that is a great thing to be reminded of so thank you zara for that and congrats on your new album everybody go and listen to it i am curious to know if you like the two songs i chose from it if you think i chose the correct two songs from it like i said it's a very strong album overall but you do need to listen to it through a couple times because some of the songs do sort of blend together if you're not paying attention now, I'm sure there are some of you out there listening who are so curious what my thoughts are on the country renaissance that is currently happening. Not only has Beyonce released two country-themed songs from her upcoming Act 2 album, but we were also given this week the title track from the upcoming Casey Musgraves album, Deeper Well. I... Oh, don't kill me, but none of these three songs are really doing very much for me on my first few listens, if I'm being a thousand percent honest. For me, the Casey Musgrave song is, I don't know, lyrically something that I'm not really connecting with. And I do find the whole thing just a little bit simple. One of my favorite Casey Musgrave songs is Slow Burn. And again, that's, you know, quite a simple instrumentation, but it does build, you know, the percussion comes in, it does liven up with some strings as, and it opens up as it goes along. Whereas Deeper Well just kind of stays in the same realm. And it, you know, it is very introspective, but... When I think first single and I think, you know, deep well of emotion, you know, that is something that I was expecting to build just a little bit more. And so that is something that I actually think Beyonce does well on 16 Carriages. There is quite a big build in terms of the orchestration behind it. But again, I find the melody really almost a little bit repetitive in how simple it is. It's one of those songs that finishes and you kind of go, how did that go? I, uh, I have thought a few times in my life that Beyonce sometimes will release a song that if anybody else were to put it out, that it would make absolutely no noise, like nobody would really care. And that's kind of how I'm feeling about these two songs. You know, there's the excitement of like, oh, Beyonce's doing country. Like we haven't really heard that before. I mean, 
maybe like references to it or suggestions of it, but to know she's doing a full era in country, you know, mostly just to prove a point and that she can and that genre lines are blurred, but that like hoedown kind of stomp and like the background vocalist yelling, hey, you know, it's giving very Lumineers, very early 2010s, very like derivative, I guess. I don't know. To me, it's not feeling very inspired. And anyway, the whole point of this podcast is to play you music that you might not hear otherwise. So if you love Beyonce, that's great. You know where to find her. And if you love Casey Musgraves, I am sure you're probably going to love her new song. So I mentioned earlier in the episode that I have an interview coming up with somebody that has been featured on the podcast before. It was only a couple weeks ago that we talked about a new release from Bentley Robles, but today he has announced that the deluxe version of his album Ugly Crier is coming out the first week of March, and he has also given us a new song, and it is called We Should. He's been teasing the release of this song on Instagram, or fuck me, no one uses Instagram anymore, it's 2024. He's been teasing the release of this on TikTok for the last couple of weeks, often using a slogan, something along the lines of main pop boy energy. And it's true, we don't really have a lot of pop boys who operate in the same way that the big pop girls do, right? We want big songs, we want big performances, big visuals, maybe some dancing, some costume changes. Usher totally gave us that at the Super Bowl, but we do really need some more queer pop guys delivering that kind of thing. So I hope that we can give Bentley some support so that he can afford to put on that kind of show, because I would love to see it from him. But speaking of seeing him in concert, the reason I have an interview coming up with him is because he's going to be here very soon in support of that deluxe album that is coming out soon. I don't think the tour dates have been officially announced yet, so I'm not at liberty to say, but it is not far off. So get your ugly crying face ready and get ready to dance to this one with me. It's pretty sexy. It's about being broken up with someone, but still kind of wanting them, you know, that awkward phase when you haven't really fully moved on yet, and you kind of fall back into those old habits. I think one of my favorite things about Bentley as a writer is that he is unabashedly queer in these stories, and they feel, I mean, you know, not that that's necessarily only a queer story to tell, but there is definitely something very queer about that feeling of not wanting to be alone and, you know, wanting someone to want you, even though you might not necessarily want them anymore. This has a totally different feel than the last Bentley song I played a couple weeks ago, Just Okay. That was really like euphoric and lifting, whereas this have this really like grinding sort of heavy bass line. I have to say, like sometimes as an independent artist, you can tell that it's like they're doing it all by themselves. But Bentley's stuff really sounds polished and and expensive to me. Uh, Anyway, I want you to have a listen to this. This is Bentley Robles and we should. Maybe you were lucky enough to see Bentley last year when he was here opening for Thomas Paul in June. Sadly, I was out of town. 
Oh, I will never forgive myself for missing that concert. I would have given anything to be there. But luckily, Bentley is going to be back in town soon. And he's going on tour with another queer pop artist that I'm a big fan of, Z Machine, who I've also talked about on the podcast before. So stay tuned for the details about that show. I hope to see you there. And Bentley, I can't wait for you to be on the show. I have so many questions I want to ask you, and I'm so looking forward to meeting you. Another concert that I have tickets for coming up is in May, I am going to see Madison Beer. Now, we've talked about Madison before. We mentioned her song Sweet Relief on our Best of 2023 episode where Daryl and I got together and talked about our biggest songs from last year. She's back again this week with another song that's a little bit more up-tempo. So one of the reasons Sweet Relief really popped on Madison's last album, The Silence Between the Songs, is that there weren't as many upbeat songs on there. But it seems like she's ready to lean into more of a dance kind of flavor, which makes me personally very happy. This song is called Make You Mine, and it was co-written with a man named Leroy Clampett, who is one of her biggest collaborators. They share co-writes on almost every single one of her songs, but he's also written for Sabrina Carpenter, Justin Bieber, and he also wrote the Ispa song Better Things, which had a Ray remix that I played for you in the fall. Now, Madison does have quite a big voice, which she has showcased on some of her late night TV performances. But on Make You Mind, she lets that dial down a little bit and she lets the vocoder do some of the work for her. There's this like choppy sort of editing done on her vocal that makes it a little trippy. It's going to be a perfect song for a night out dancing. It has a very late night after party sort of feel, especially in the second half of the song when it starts to build a little bit more. I really like this sound for Madison and I am really excited that we get to hear this song live in May. And I believe this is gonna be the last song I have time to play for you today. We're coming up on that half hour mark. So I hope you enjoy it. This is the new Madison beer. It is called Make You Mine. think of another pop song that goes I, I, I wanna <laughs> ah, the easiest way to my heart, a Britney reference alright everybody I'm sorry, I feel like this episode's getting cut short just a little bit but that's all the time we have for today there are a lot more songs that I really enjoyed that I added to my playlist so like I said, if you are wanting a little bit more from me go to my Instagram at Pod. Click the link in the bio. The weekly playlist is there. It's got about 20, 30 songs on it. And there's also the 2024 overall playlist. And that has about 150 songs on it already. So have a listen. See what you think. Let me know if there's anything you think I should have played today that I didn't. And maybe you'll get a little shout out next week. And I can talk about what good taste you have. As a reminder, if you can take a second to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, give us a rating out of five anything like that, sharing us in your story, all of that is super helpful and really beneficial to me as a creator. And again, if you want to subscribe on Patreon to support the podcast going forward, check that link. It's in the bio as well. Next week's going to be a great episode. We're looking forward to new music from Dua Lipa. So make sure you tune in. I can't wait personally. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. As always, it was so nice to meet you.